All right, we are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perik Yud, Pasuk Chav, V'hayor Bayom Hahu, and the Navi Yeshayahu is prophesying about a miraculous defeat that will be inflicted on Sancheirev, the conqueror of the known world, just as he is outside the gates of the prize that has always eluded him, Yerushalayim. But before we do that, what I would like to do is perhaps go backwards, start at the end, because the Midrashim and the Agadata, as to what happens to Sancheirev at this moment, cannot be gleaned exactly from the text, but Gemara Sanhedrin, Sadi Dalit and Sadi Hay has just a wealth of Midrashim and Agadata that help us understand the totality uh, of Sancheirev's defeat. Basically, we know Sancheirev, as we said, conquered the whole known world. Uh, He was the king of Assyria. He even uh, has now succeeded in the exile of the 10 tribes, dispersing them to far-flung nations in his empire, which As we understand, we have never heard from them again. So thorough was his dispersion. Then he goes out and conquers most of Yehuda, the Judean uh, dynasty in the south. He stops short, or he is ready now, to take the ultimate prize, Yerushalayim. We see that the Kodesh Baruch Hu has promised Chizkiyahu, the king of uh, Judea, that he will not work. As we're going to see, he will not triumph Sancheirev. So what Sancheirev does, the Gemara tells us his advisors have said, you have got to take Yerushalayim by a certain date, uh, or it's not going to work. And so Sancheirev makes a beeline, a trajectory towards Yerushalayim, cutting a swat in Judean cities on his way through, and with amazing speed, reaches the gates of Yerushalayim. It's towards the evening. This is the evening where they say you must attack to be victorious. But what he does is he stops in the city of Nov on the outskirts. Some say that's also hard Hatzofim, where you can look into Yerushalayim. Some say he built a pile of... Um, mattresses or blankets where he could peer into Yerushalayim. And he's shocked by what he sees, says the Medrash. This small little village is Yerushalayim. This is what I, you know, raced to get to. This is what I brought an army of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of men. Um, The prize isn't worth, you know, the effort. And so he waves his hand in contempt and he says to his troops, you know what, this can wait till tomorrow. Billy, were the walls that are currently around Yerushalayim, were they built after the first? Yes, they're Herodian. Right, so the, the, were there, there were other walls. Yes, right. yes. Remember, they were destroyed right. by, you know, invaders, New Hartnetzah specifically. But no, the walls today are built by Herod. In any case, he looks over and he says, this, you know, this can wait for tomorrow, get your rest, etc. What happens during the night, miraculously, 
is 185,000 of his soldiers wait, are killed. The next morning, they are found dead with no visible signs of wounds, arrows, sword wounds. They just have died in their sleep. Forshim tells us that, uh, like Nodav and Avihu, the sons of Aaron, a fire enters through their nostrils, consumes them from within. Uh, but it's a terrible loss to Sancheirev, totally humiliated. He retreats, but doesn't even go back to his native city of Damasek, of Damascus. He stops in Nineveh. And as the Medrash tells us, he comes into, you would think he would know better, he comes into the temple of Avodah Zorah. But there he comes across a plank of wood, and he is told that this plank of wood is from Noah's Ark, and that just as it saved Noah uh, from destruction, it can save him. And he clings to this new icon he has, and what he does is articulate that if he is allowed to come back and fight again, this time he will sacrifice his sons uh, in, the, in the victory. Uh, some say that what he does is um, muse upon the fact that the reason the Jews are so triumphant is because Avraham was willing to sacrifice his son. He too is willing to sacrifice his son. Hearing this, two of his sons assassinate him, right there clinging to the bark of wood from allegedly Noah's Ark. And so he dies right there, etc., never even getting back to his capital city. Some say, that later on Sancheirev, the sons of Sancheirev, do tshuva, become Balei tshuva, and learn Torah, but that's for another day. But I would recommend, go to Sanhedrin, Dr. Sadi Dalit, Amud Beis, and continue. There are fascinating midrashim, how this plays out. Now, let's go back to the beginning, Pasuk Ches, Yishayo is now speaking both to Cheskiyahu and Bnei Yisrael. Cheskiyahu, we know, is the righteous king of Judea. Kaf, right? Pasuk Kaf. Kaf, yeah. What did I say? Pasuk Kaf. Yeah. And in those days, in the day that is coming, Lo Yosif od Sha'ar Yisrael, the remnants of Israel, Platap Beis Yaakov, the survivors of uh, Judea, Lehishan al they will not lean or they will not grope for support on those who are killing them, who are smiting them. Instead, Benishan al Hashem Kadosh Yisrael Ba'emes, they will see the true God and will cling to Him. What are they referring to here? Rashi says the alliance is made with Egypt. In other words, they made an alliance, Ahaz, with Egypt that cost them millions in treasury and payments and extortion. The Radak says the alliance like Ahaz made with Melech Ashur to save it. They make these alliances with these enemy kings who in the end strike them. They will see the folly of this and now they recognize that salvation comes from one source, Kaddish Baruch Hu. 
Shah Yashuv, Shah Yaakov, El El Gibol. The remnants of Israel, the remnants of Judea, will cling to the Kaddish Baruch Hu, the, the valiance of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, they will see the strength of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Uh, we know also Shar Yashuv was the name given uh, to Yeshayahu's son by Yeshayahu, the remnant, that there will always be a Shiraz HaPleta, a, a remnant that will survive, and that will be the case here. He im and this is a little uh, sad because he's saying that just as Israel was once like the sands of the sea in number, a, a great destruction will break forth, that there will be this remnant, and it is a justified uh, punishment that you are getting because of your sins. Um, because that the Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to bring a calamity to to all the land. But the assurance is there will be survivors. Lachain, now he's speaking the uh, Navi directly to Chizkiyahu. Lachain ko amar Hashem alokim swaoz al tira ami. Do not fear my nation, Yoshev Tzion me'ashur. Do not fear Assyria, Yeshevet yakeka umatea yisa alecha b'derech Mitzrayim. I will strike them with my staff. I will hit them with my um, rod, Kederich Mitzrayim, as I did with Egypt. You see the similarities that there, the miracle was, of course, at night in Egypt. Two, Paro lives to tell the tale, survives, as Sancherev will um, for the immediate uh, future. He owed ma'at mizar v'chola zama pi al because in a short time, the fury, the anger that I have will destroy them. Zabapi al tablisam. Tablisam be their sacrilege. They're just their blasphemy. Their time is coming. Sancheriv and Ashur. But orer olav Hashem tzvaos shot kimakas midyon b'tzur orev that I will strike them as I did with uh, in, in a destroy them as I did Midjan. Midjan is the example we used yesterday as well. You will recall in Shoftim, uh, Gidon, with a band of just 300 men, takes on the far militarily superior Midjanites. And what happens at night, just like in Sancheirer, what happens at night is the in a pre-planned strategy, they blow the chauffeurs, the Jews, they make noise on cymbals. The Midianites are terrified, and, and in trying to escape, they fall on each other. And so without a shot being fired, as it were, the Bnei Israel triumph over the Midianites without a single casualty. So that is going to be model for what I am going to do now. Betsur Orev is the um, 
Midianite king that again, the Kaddish Baruch Hu allows him to survive, and you find the same parallel in Egypt, where the Kaddish Baruch Hu takes them out at night, performs this tremendous miracle, spares Paro to tell the story. The Kaddish Baruch Hu will remove the yoke on your shoulder and the burden on your neck. Interesting turn of phrase. And this will be, he will remove that yoke because of the oil. What oil are we talking about? Some say it's the Shemen HaMishcha that we anoint uh, King David with and it's those in the Davidic dynasty. Others say, the Radak, that this is the Shemen, the oil, this is in the Swiss of Tzitkiyot. We have learned in the Gemara that Tzitkiyot brought back the learning in Eretz Israel. He established Batei Midrashos, shuls 24-7, the oil burned of Torah. Uh, there was one medrash that says that uh, examiners went out and found from the top of Don to Beersheba, there wasn't a person that tried, they didn't know the halachos of Tuma and Tahara, that uh, one medrash says he stuck a sword in the door of the base medrash and says this will happen to those who don't learn Torah. So Hizkiyo is responsible for a tremendous renaissance of Torah and he kept the oil burning in the Bate Midrashos the whole night so people would learn and it is chus of this oil that the burden will be removed. Now we're describing the journey of Sancheirev, how he races from across the river making a beeline towards Yerushalayim. Baal Eis Avar Migron, he comes to Migron. Um, Lamichmash Yafkid Kela. Very interesting. In the town of Mikrash, he leaves Kela, his armaments. Says Radak, he is so contemptuous of Yerushalayim and the battle resistance they will offer that he lightens the load. He, he drops, drops his armaments off in Mikmash, saying he doesn't need them, and continues. Abrume Abara, he crosses the river, Geva Malone. Uh, he takes Kareda, Harama, Givashal, Nasa, they all flee before him. Saleh, Kolech, Basgalim, the people of Galim send warnings, historical warnings ahead after he's conquered them. Hakshivu, Lisha, listen, Lisha, that's the next village on his rampage. Ania, Anasos, they scream out the people of Anasos. Nadra Midmena, they flee from Demena, Yoshri Hagavim Heizu. It's an itinerary idea of 10 stops that he just tears through on his wild trajectory to Yushalayim. Od Hayom Benov, and he arrives in Nov, as he's supposed to, at dusk. La'amo, to stay there, he waves his hand. Radak says, he's contemptuous. He sees Yerushalayim. And as we said, give us Yerushalayim. He's standing on the highest peak. He stands there and he just says, this is Yerushalayim. This is what I am killing myself in speed and commitment of troops. It's a small village. I've captured villages bigger than this. So, you know, faith yado, he dismisses it. And 
as we learned in the Gemara, he tells his troops, you need the rest, stay here tonight. And then of course that miracle of 185,000 men miraculously dying in their sleep. Now we go back to that metaphor that Yeshayahu is fond of the forest, that Hashem will cut his branches. Hashem with an axe, um, trees, the tall ones, that means the individual troops of Zion will be cut down, and the high ones, the general, will be felled. Uh, the Rame the large ones, the Duim, the Hagavoim Yishmol, the great ones as well, will be, the forest will be cut down uh, with iron. And here is not so um, optimistic in ending. The Nikkev Svivei Hayar, the Barzel, the Halon, the Adir Yipol, will be cut down with iron. And the trees of Lebanon will fall, the Adir Yipol, through the mighty one. The trees of Lebanon is a metaphor, say the Mephorshim, for the Beis Hamikdash. That sadly, this miracle is not, is still 130 years away, we say, from the destruction, but it is a prophecy of the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, of the coming invasion of Nebuchadnezzar. So then you have the miraculous delivery of Yerushalayim from Samcherev because of the merit of Chizkiyahu. And so we will go from this current Neviah, which is contemporaneous with the events it's describing, and go tomorrow to a beautiful messianic vision of the restoration of the house of David is one of the most beautiful uh, prokim in Yeshayahu, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow. You don't want to miss it.